Hey, welcome. This is Pastor Jack C. Pigeon, West Houston Christian Center here in Houston, Texas, and this is Living with Purpose. You know, everything we do, we need to do with a purpose, especially everything that we do for our Lord and Savior and for God. We should do it with a purpose. We want to go to church on purpose. I want to pray on purpose. Uh, I want to give on purpose. I want everything that I do uh, to be done with purpose because when I do it with purpose, then I'm going to receive the benefit that's associated with it. Uh, just notice that even in the parable of the sower, that the seeds that were sown in the right ground on purpose are the seeds that produced the greatest reward. And the seeds that just went by the wayside or went into an inferior piece of ground that they did not produce at a high level. Um, there was not enough purpose to what they were called to do in that specific soil. And so it's vital for me as a believer that uh, I want to live a life on purpose. And to live a life on purpose means that I am endeavoring to seek God's plan, God's purpose for my life, and to walk that out with Him on a day-by-day basis. Isn't that so great about God? That He doesn't just throw you out there and you got to figure this thing out and I'm wondering and I'm wondering and what am I supposed to do and what am I called to do and who am I and all those types of things. God is the most purposeful being ever. And when he created us, he put purpose inside of us. And so it's very, very important that when I find out what my flow is, when I find out what my purpose is, and I start walking that thing out, there's this wonderful thing the Bible calls a high calling. And the closer I get to that high calling, the more of the goodness of things, the more, the closer I get to that purpose, the more things begin to be added to me because I'm walking in my purpose. The same thing can happen in the opposite. The farther I get away from my purpose, the least things or the less things are being added to me. So I want to find out what my purpose is, and I want to walk this thing out. But in order for me to walk a life of purpose, I have to think a life of purpose. I have to think soberly, as the Bible calls it. And we're going to continue our study today on thinking soberly, thinking on purpose and uh, making the best choices, making the best decisions, really getting free from anything that would slow me down or hinder me. You know, as we talked about either last week or the week before, you know, Gideon, the way that he thought about himself almost prevented him from becoming the man of God that he needed to be, not just for himself, but to be a deliverer of all of Israel. You know, the way that he perceived himself, the way that he saw himself, he did not see himself the same way that the angel did as a mighty man full of valor. He saw himself as the lowest, the smallest family from the smallest tribe with the least amount. That was his perception of himself. He wasn't thinking soberly. He wasn't thinking rationally. He was looking at life from a much lower level. And because of that, that low-level thinking almost kept him from becoming a great judge and great deliverer of Israel. I want us to go and look at 1 Peter chapter 1, 13. 1 Peter chapter 1, 13. I'm going to read it to you out of a couple different translations today. Uh, but it says, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Let me read this to you out of the Berean Bible. It says, Therefore, having girded up the loins of your mind, being sober-minded, 
set your hope fully on the grace to be given to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Well, that uses a really interesting term. It says, gird up the loins of your mind. And if we go back to the, the Mideast times, men wore long flowing robes. And in order for them not to trip over them, they would pick them up and they would gird them around their waist so that when they walked or when they ran, they wouldn't trip over them. So why is Peter telling us we need to gird up the loins of our mind? Just like Gideon, Gideon had a low level of thinking about himself. He was not in a position to run with the vision that God gave him. And so until Gideon girded up those thinking, thought, those thoughts about himself and what he was called to do, he was going to continually trip over that low-level thinking. See, God has called each and every one of us to, to run the race. And if I'm running the race or trying to run the race, but I'm always tripping over this low level of thinking, I'm not good enough, I'm not fast enough, I'm not the best, I made all these mistakes, I have this guilt consciousness, I have this sin consciousness, I have all these thoughts and all these things that I'm battling with, it's very, very hard for me to run the race when I'm constantly tripping over something. And, and folks, there are people that do this their whole lives where they, they, they know that there's more, they know that they're called to do more, yet because of a way of thinking, they keep tripping over the same thing over and over and over. And so Peter is telling us, just like in the old days when those men would gird up their robes, you know, if, if there was trouble coming, those guys would pick up those robes, gird them, and they would run. You know, we're going to have to get to a place with our thinking. God wants to move fast. He is looking for quick obedience. He is looking for instant obedience so that we can do some things that he's called us to do. But if we're constantly struggling with, well, did I hear his voice? And did he really say that? And I need, you know, did, is this right? Is this wrong? Is this right? You know, it's so funny. We all, we all pray, Lord, I want to hear your voice. I want to know you. And then when he speaks, we're like, was that you? Um, Lord, I need more information. I need you to, can you just, you know, can you do a little bit more? And God is wanting us in these end times for us to move fast. And for order for us to do that, we got to gird up the loins of our mind. We got to think soberly and we have to run the race that's set before us. And, uh, I've said this a few times, but poor teaching always leads to poor thinking. You know, if you've been told that, you know, um, that healing has passed away, prosperity is not in the Bible, that it's God's will for you to, you know, to struggle and to strive and, and all these crazy things, you have a level of thinking that whenever the goodness of God shows up, you're going to trip over those thoughts, that poor teaching. You know, God's will for you. When you got saved, do a word study on that word saved. And trust me, it doesn't just affect the spirit. He saved the whole man, body, soul, and spirit. It is God's will for you. I don't believe in a prosperity gospel. I believe in a blessing gospel. I believe that when God says that I will bless you in Proverbs 10, 22, the blessing of the Lord, it makes one rich and he adds no sorrow to it. That means that I am prospering not just in wealth and just riches and just attaining stuff to have stuff. That's not biblical prosperity. I am blessed to be a blessing. I am blessed. My relationships are blessed. My marriage is blessed. My kids are blessed. My dog's blessed. Everybody's blessed. Why is that? Because I'm walking 
in the blessing of the Lord, and that makes me rich. Knowing God, listen to me, prosperity is a byproduct of knowing God. If I know that God is a good God, how can I not help but think that he wants to get things to me to help me? Amen? All through the Bible, it says that Jesus was moved with compassion. He healed people. He fed people. Um, he raised people from the dead. He taught people. He's still doing all those things today. He's just doing them through us. So if we have low-level thinking, if we get, keep getting tripped up on this thinking that somehow that it's not God's will to heal, heal, listen to me. God's will has never change to heal you. It is in his name, Jehovah Rapha. His name has never changed. You got to get that today. If you don't get anything else that I'm saying today, you have to know that it's God's will for you to walk in divine health and healing. Now, it can be a process, uh, but you have to know first and foremost, anybody that ever came to Jesus, he never looked at them and said, well, you know, this is just going to be better for you. God's going to get more glory if you go for 40 years with this horrible disease. Everybody will see how, you know, humble and patient. Folks, that is pride and that is junk. Anybody in the Bible that ever came to Jesus and said, Jesus, if it be thy will, Jesus said, I will. And that's his word for you today. I will. But we have to think soberly. We have to see things from God's perspective. And that's a better way of even thinking about thinking soberly. I'm not just looking at things from my perspective. I'm beginning to look at things from God's perspective. And God's perspective is, is that you're healed and that what he did on that cross was final, that it was complete, and it was for you. Amen? So we have to gather, gird up the loins of our mind. So how do I do that? What do I gird my mind? How do I do this girding up of my mind? Well, there was what the Bible calls the belt of truth. If I have the truth of God's word, that's what I want to gird my thoughts up with. That's what I want to judge everything that happens to me through the word of God, through truth. Did God say it? Is it for me today? Yes, it is. What's the truth? You might be giving me facts. You might be telling me how sick you are, how broke you are, how your marriage, all those things. Those are all facts. But the truth is, is I want to gird up my thoughts with the truth that it's God's will that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. It's God's will that all men be healed. It's God's will that all men be fed. God doesn't want you going hungry. It doesn't give him glory for us to be uh, hungry on a regular basis. So I have to gird up my mind with the truth of what God said, and that's what holds all those things in place. I have to run everything through the filter of God's word. Now, that word sober-minded in 1 Peter, uh, out of the Greek, it basically means free from illusion, from the intoxicated influences of sin. It means presence of mind, clear judgment, to have one's wits or faculties about them. It means the opposite of being irrational. You know, there are so many bad decisions and so many bad choices and so many things that we do sometimes in our life, and we just make an irrational you know, we don't do what we should do. We don't gather the information like we should. You know, just because someone puts you on the spot and needs a decision from you right now, or they text you and they need something right now, that doesn't mean you're under any obligation to just shoot whatever comes out of your mouth. We get into so much trouble because we don't take the time to think, to process, to think soberly 
about what I'm supposed to do or the answer I'm supposed to give. You know, it's funny in my house and my kids laugh about it. My answer for everything is always no. <laughs> because, and then when I go back and think about it, when I think soberly about it, when I look at the different perspectives, now all of a sudden I'm like, okay, yeah, I can see that now. But my first gut reaction is just no. And that's not always the best thing. But I want to be able to, don't, don't let someone else's time schedule or timetable put you in a place where you make a decision that could be harmful for you or for someone else. Sometimes people get intoxicated in their own hurry and their own rush to get something done, maybe because they weren't prepared as much as they should. You know, they like the adrenaline. They like doing things by the seat of their pants or, you know, flying, flying as quick as they can. You know, there's something that they enjoy out of that. Folks, that is not how we live a good Christian life. You know, God is orderly and he's purposeful. And everything he did, he laid out on purpose and in order so that we would have the maximum effect of a good life for us today. And so when I am sober-minded, I don't want to be so caught up. I don't want to be intoxicated by my not being prepared that I'm making irrational decisions. Amen? We don't want leaders today of countries, of nations, of churches, of anything that are making irrational decisions because those irrational decisions, the higher you are, the more people you can hurt. We want people, men and women, that are sober-minded, that are making right decisions, making right choices, because they have heard not just from their side, but from everybody's side, what is the best for this situation. Amen? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 6. So then... Let us be like let us be like others who are let us then not be like others who are asleep but let us be awake and sober. Out of the New Living Translation it says so be on your guard not asleep like the others stay alert and be clear headed. Listen to me it really does matter what we think. It really does. In order for me to be awake to be vigilant to be vigilant um, it's important that I keep my mind clear. You know, there's so many voices, so many things happening in the world today that's trying to take up space in our head. You know, Satan is constantly trying to buy airtime in your brain to run his commercials 24-7. And what I have to do is I have to take the Word of God. I have to go into it on purpose. I have to renew my mind, which is really what living with purpose is all about. It's really about renewing our mind. It's about me exchanging my thoughts for his thoughts, my ways for his ways, my life for his life, that Zoe, that God kind of life. God has a good life for you. He's a good God and he has a good life for you. But I have to be wise about what I'm putting into my mind, what I'm meditating on, what I'm thinking on, because those becomes words, those words become my actions, those actions become my destiny. So it's vital that I think soberly. I wanna see it from his perspective, amen? Well, we've come to the end of the show. We want you to know that we love you here at West Houston Christian Center. Email us, ask questions, you know, find if there's anything that we can do to be a blessing to you. Just know that Jesus is Lord and he's coming back soon. Hello, everyone. I am Pastor Mike and I'm here with our senior pastor, Pastor Jack Z. And uh, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for joining us for this segment of the show. And uh, we're just going to jump right into it and see what some of the questions that you have submitted for us. Amen. 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 All right, Pastor. How do I find out what my purpose is? Great question. Yep. You know, 
I always take it back to God being the most purposeful being that ever existed. And when he created man, he put that purpose into each and every one of us. Mm -hmm. And uh, I never look at God as some cruel taskmaster or some evil being that's trying to play hide and seek with what we were created to do. I believe that each one of us have what the Bible calls a high calling, that there is a purpose, that there's a function that we are to take place both in the earth but for the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And uh, I believe that the closer we get to our purpose, I believe that the closer we get to our high calling, I believe that the closer we get to that thing in which I was created to do, that more and more prosperity and blessings and things are going to be added to me because I am functioning at a higher level in my purpose. Conversely, the farther I get away from my purpose, the more frustrated I am, Mm -hmm. the less happy I am, um, the harder it is, the more of a struggle it is because I'm moving farther and farther away in what the Father created me to do. And I know that sometimes that people will think, well, then I don't have a choice. You absolutely have a choice. Mm -hmm. But he knows us as our Father what makes us the happiest. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. how he creates our purpose. He doesn't create something just to make you be purposeful and just to do something to do something. He's created you with eternity on his mind. He's created you that you're not just living for today, but you're going to impact generations. So I would say, first and foremost, sit down with a piece of paper. Start writing down things that you like to do. What would you like to do? We 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 very rarely give ourselves opportunity to even dream yeah. of what, what are exactly. the possibilities. God needs artists. He needs painters. He needs lawyers. He needs doctors. He needs everything, but that's not that's not our calling. That's something that we're doing in the earth that's going to give us the ability to reach people in those areas. And on the same, you know, I love being a pastor. Mm -hmm. It's fun. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm having more fun as a pastor than I ever did in all the jobs that I did in the earth, in the world. Um, I like when in the beginning when you said he's not some evil taskmaster Mm -hmm. that totally contradicts the word in the very famous verse in Jeremiah 29, 11, Mm -hmm. saying that, you know that he knows the absolutely. Purpose of I know the thoughts for you. Want to prosper you, absolutely. not to harm you. So that would totally right. contradict what he's saying. So absolutely, absolutely right. I think the closer you get to God, the more you get to understand your purpose yeah. in His life. Our problem sometimes is we're trying. These are spirit issues. We're, mm-hmm. we're a spirit being, mm-hmm. and we're trying to use our minds to try and figure out who, what, where, when, and why. And there's a place for that. But I think really the closer we get to God, the more that we hear his voice, the more that we allow, you know, to (laughs) listen to what our spirit's telling us, the things that we're drawn towards and the things that repel us, he's going to lead us right into our high calling. Now, David was a shepherd over a few sheep, but he ended up king. He was starting in his high calling right then Mm -hmm. by being a shepherd. What he was learning in that small area is what he carried with him all the way when he was king also. So... Days of times of preparation are never wasted. Yeah, no, there's always opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, real quick, you're a pastor, and I know that we get a chance to teach to many people here. But uh, you know, we we get the opportunity to just share the goodness of God more outside of the church than yeah. we do right here in these That's very true. sanctuary and classrooms. Mm-hmm. So just the opportunity is is, is endless. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, good question. Good good question and good answer. Next one. Um, is it better to immediately obey when we think we hear God's voice 
Or is it better to wait and make sure we are hearing God's voice? It's a great question. Yeah. So what I've always taught is delayed obedience is disobedience. Yeah. <laughs> and But this is where we struggle a lot because, Mike, and I'm guilty of this. Oh, Lord, talk to me. I want to hear your voice. Tell me what to do. Guide me. Lead me in this thing. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden we get an impression of him saying something. We were like, stop. Okay, was that really you? Okay, now, you know, now we want him to have to stop and explain. Yeah. And and to be honest with you, he, there's not a whole lot he can do with us if we're going to have to understand and be let and 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 to really get our minds wrapped around what he's saying. I think God is wanting to get us to a point where we know his voice. You know, the Bible says, "I know the voice of the good shepherd, mm-hmm. and the voice of another I will not follow." The sheep know the voice of the shepherd. And I think he wants us to get to a point in our spirits, you know, eye is not seen nor ear heard, nor is entered into the heart of man, those things that God has prepared for those that love him. But here's the kicker. But he reveals them to us by his spirit. And so the more that we endeavor to walk and live by faith, the more that we live in the word, the more that we are living a lifestyle Mm -hmm. that's surrounded by the word, the easier it is for us to hear. Now, we don't hear audible voices. Mm -hmm. We just don't. Mm -hmm. You know, that's very, very rare. What I'm learning to do is he's a spirit and I'm a spirit, and I'm learning to be led by my spirit. But when he says move, I want to move. It's better... um, you know, a lot of times when you start asking for voices, you know, there's voices out there. <laughs> and so there's nothing wrong with um, confirming, you know, anytime that God tells us to do something, it should be confirmed by his word. Mm-hmm. And that's how you know whether it's him or not. You know, God is always leading us. The devil is always driving us. Yeah. Well, one, one thing that's worked for me is hearing God's voice is that God would never have me to Whatever God leads me to do is going to be something good. Yeah. Yeah, it's never going to be something bad. He's always leading us into more. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be beneficial for you, Absolutely. for the next person, and giving glory, bringing glory to Him as well. Absolutely. All right. Hey, this was awesome. I thank you guys for your questions. Uh, feel free to submit any more questions that you may have in the comment sections below, or you can also go to our website Amen. at westhoustonchristian.com. And you can email us there and we'll be glad to answer them for you. Amen. Amen.